You ready to start this? I got that song stuck in my head. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week uh, we get into our Fearless Beer Review. We get into the vinyl we got that leads into our songs of the week. We get into some new music that's come out this last week and some uh, music news and other happenings in the music world. Uh, my name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Um, we have, even have a voicemail. You can call us, leave us a voicemail. It's 503-893-5307. And then I also want to thank whoever gave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That was super rad. So thanks for that. And whoever hasn't done it yet, just go do it. It takes like 20, 20 30 seconds to do it. Give us five-star rating. It means everything. So let's just get into the Fearless Beer Review, Jeff. What do you got? Go. <laughs> oh I uh, I have a a dirty dirty chai. Is that how you pronounce C H A I chai? Correct. There's a chai. No, it's chai. Okay. I got dirty chai. This is a rent house beer. Some local boys and girls down there or over there in Phoenix. And this okay. was this was like a special one that they did, and it sold out super quick. And friend of the pod Mike had asked me to buy some, and I was like, Yeah, dude, I'll buy some for sure. And then it sold out, and I didn't buy it. <laughs> and then the second time yeah. around, they uh, they did it again, and so we just ordered it, and some dude like delivered it, and it cost an extra like oh, two nice. bucks or some shit. I don't know, it's fucking cheap. So yeah, all right, that's what I got here. It's ten cool. ten and a half percent. And this is uh, coconut chai coffee stout, <sighs> brewed with Dude, chai is... spices, coffee, and coconut. What are, what is chai? What is, I don't know what that is. Chai isn't it like a isn't that what the like when you go to Starbucks or something you ask for a chai latte? I I, mean, I I know what the word is. I just don't know anything about the tasting notes. Is it? I've always is it like um, tea? What is a chai? I just put that in. It's a Hindi word for tea. Oh, so there you go. So it's that tea. sounds gross right now, right? Chai <laughs> or tea and, and coffee stout ish. I like tea. I like tea. I just don't like coffee or stout. Oh, so. I, I like tea or as well. Milk. And I also like cereal, but I wouldn't fucking mix cereal and tea together. Well, you never know. It might be good. Just calls them as a season. I guess. Yeah. So that's what I got. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I got a, uh, something called, I picked this one up from Mr. K's liquor store in Placentia or Anaheim, wherever Fullerton. I don't know where it's at. Um, this one is called The Elder. It's from uh, 8-Bit Brewing Company in Temecula, California. It's a hazy IPA because I'm a haze bro, you know. Uh, it's 7.2 ABV. It's uh, extra. It says it's Citra and Galaxy Hops. So for all you hop hop masters out there, there you go. 8-Bit Brewing. So <laughs> this comes out a very nice color. Looks super delicious. This is 
Oh, I love me some hazies. They're so good. <sighs> All right, you ready? You ready to drink this? Uh, yeah. I didn't even. Oh. Oh, you haven't even poured it. You haven't even opened it, but that's fine. So, um, so you're still not ready because you're just uh, lagging. I don't know why. You know when you open it sometimes and like it explodes, kind of gets everywhere. Yeah. Well, got on my hand. I I I licked my hand and I tasted it already. And this this could be a drain pour. Oh God. Okay. Well, while you're pouring it, our we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer but you should give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So. You ready for this? Ready mm, now? I don't know. Huh? Well, let's let's just cheers and kiss. Okay. Okay. Why? Mm, well, mm, mm. it's like spicy, kind of. <laughs> it's spicy. Not like spicy in, in like the the hot peppers. Yeah. But more like like cinnamon has like a spice like, to okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that still sounds really gross. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of working through it right now. My and my tongue and my teeth and everything. So I I don't know. This <laughs> it's pretty fucking disgusting. It does sound really gross. <laughs> right, do you taste anything else? Is there any chocolate or do you taste the the chai? I mean, I, I don't really get any coconut, so that's fine. I do get chocolate, but otherwise, it's just this is very this is very aggressive. This is, this is coming at me a little bit too hard. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm happy about this. So then, what are you going to rate it out of our three point out of our three point rating system? What do you got? Well, this is a ten dollar beer, so hmm. given that price point, this is below a one because I don't. I'm not going to have this. I, I don't know. If I knew it tasted like this, I wouldn't have tried it, and I don't want anybody else to try it because it's ten dollars. Okay, that's fine. So this fine. is I don't know. This is this is a point nine nine with a little bar over the nine that goes on forever because, like, yeah, you should definitely pick it up and try it, but not for ten bucks. So I I can't give you a one at that ten dollar okay. price point. Just give it a half or a half one a half. Well, I give it a point nine nine oh, nine nine okay, nine nine point nine nine to infinity. Uh, whatever, beyond. whatever. So you might as well just give it a one then. At this point, this is fucking disgusting. I can't drink this. Oh. <laughs> What do you got for backies? For your backies? I don't even know. I'm all discombobulated on my head. I actually have coffee that I was drinking from earlier. I'm gonna put that oh. I'm gonna put that in my mouth real quick right now. Grab that. Yeah. Well my we my beer my beer, the elder, this is not a very good hazy. I'm very disappointed. I bought I bought this based off of it being a hazy IPA and also because I like the label. It's a cool looking label. Um but yeah, no, it's not very good. Not good at all. Um, so I'm going to have to give this one, uh, it's like, it's kind of alcoholy. It, it's not really citrusy or fruity. It's not, it's not even like a good hoppy or out there booziness. It's just not very good. So I'm going to have to give this one a one and a half, 1.5. It's not good. Damn. Starting off but, strong on this one. I know. I'm glad I didn't buy a six or a four pack of these cause that would have sucked. But yeah, I'll, I'll finish it, but I'm definitely not going to enjoy it. So the glutton for punishment, <laughs> but uh, my backies include. I can go. I can go with a Pliny the Elder. I can go with the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, or I can go with some buddies. I got some buddies left, so I don't know what I'm going to do next. You know what? So what? You know? Huh? You know? Actually, there's there's two beers that I also I just randomly thought of that I think are really gross and I don't like pretty much at all anymore. That I used to really like. One is Sierra Nevada's Torpedo. 
I d- really? I think that's fucking disgusting and gross. And I used to, I used to just pound those. Like those were that arrogant bastard at a point where two two things I would drink five, six, seven at a time. Easy. Easy peasy. And the other one is uh Racer Five. I don't Oh Racer Five is garbage. I don't like Racer Five anymore. That was always like an easy IPA to go to and it was I liked it, but now it's fucking garbage. I don't like it. I feel like Racer Five was everybody's uh gateway into IPAs. Because it was like one of the few IPAs at the time when we started drinking and or before the big IPA craze and it was the most easily accessible. So we would just go buy that. Yeah. And they had a Disneyland but too. When, yeah. and it, But it's just gross. Or it's not good. California Adventures. Yeah. It's not very good. It's garbage. Garbage beer. Ugh. But Torpedo is still pretty good. But I, I have to be like in the right mood and mindset to drink a Torpedo because it's super hoppy. Yeah. It's just it's, it's good. It's too much with with nothing else. It's too much hops. And there's nothing like there's no other complexity to it. I feel there's nothing else to even kind of counterbalance the taste. It's like chewing a pine cone, but sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good to chew a pine cone. Yeah, I do occasionally. <laughs> I remember one time, the first time Mike was brewing beer when we lived in Irvine, and he actually tried to eat a hop, like a dry hop. Oh damn! Yeah, and he started. He couldn't. He couldn't even chew it because like his. Mouth instantly went dry from it, so he started gagging on it. Was it was it like an intense hoppy flavor, or it just tastes like a fucking piece of spinach or something? It, well, I mean, it was it was very like bitter, but it was just the fact that he couldn't even really chew it because it was so dry. Oh, that's so nasty! <laughs> it's so disgusting. <laughs> Did you try one? Really funny though. No, I'm not. I'm not dumb. You didn't even lick it or nothing? <laughs> no, fuck no. I would have licked it. Oh no, it's disgusting. <laughs> that was the same time too that he <laughs> he had a whole thing of beer he had just brewed. I think that was the, that was the batch like a, a month later after he had finished fermenting, and he had it in that you know the giant glass containers, and he had it on the hook, and he's walking it through the the patio in Irvine, and it it comes apart from the hook and it drops <laughs> to the ground and just shatters all over the. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. There was fucking glass everywhere and just beer. And the patio, the patio just stunk of like beer for weeks. Oh, fucking idiot. Oh, it was so fucking funny. Was he mad? Yeah, he was mad. Of course. <laughs> it was like a whole like you know a big oh, like God. like a sparklets bottle of of beer, and yeah, it just shattered completely. Shattered. Okay, um, okay yeah. you ready to move on to some vinyl stuffs? Yeah, let's let's uh, okay. let's move on to some vinyl stuffs. Okay, what did you get, or what did you listen to this week? Some oh. vinyls stuff. The vinyls, vinyl stuffs. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I decided to kind of keep my list from now on to like ten ish. <laughs> yeah. Just because I, I listen to so much stuff, and a lot of it's just, eh, whatever garbage. Yeah. But let me uh let me start off here with I guess my least favorite thing that I listened to that I thought was gonna be really good, but Cream. Cream's last album, Goodbye Cream. Mm-hmm. This was their fourth and final album. And uh eh, I just no. it was it was uh it was whatever. And the more I listened to just this era of of music and the more I listen to Clapton and the more I listen to a lot of other guitarists, I'm just, I feel like Clapton half-asses a lot. A lot. I think because so? I think because he's so damn good, his half-ass is still like really good to us. But yeah. 
a lot of his solos just seem misplaced. Like Ginger Baker and, and Jack Bruce could be playing fucking speed metal. And then it's time for clapping <laughs> solo, and it would still be a blues solo. Oh, okay, I see. What and everyone be like, yeah. "What the fuck? You like? Why did you just do that?" Is it because I'm really good at it? It's like we know you're really good at it, but that's not what we're doing. <laughs> not matching the vibe of the rest of the band, yeah. And, and I just, I, th- I think that he plays like he. Don't get me wrong, dude. He's really, 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 really good at it. Yeah, and but, he has the feel, for sure. But it's just, I don't know. It's like how many times have I heard a fucking clapping solo? Like all the fucking time I hear it's the same thing over and over and over. So yeah, yeah whatever. The same the same blue scales. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. But like but he's really really good at it. Like I don't want to discount his guitar playing because he's really 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 good at it. Absolutely, but it is he's a one trick pony in a way. He doesn't. Yeah. Really, he's never really done anything outside of blues, really ever. Yeah. Never really got it. As far as I know, he never really got into like any sort of world music, like any sort of jazz or like like Ginger Baker like went and worked with worked in with Fela Kuti in Africa and did a lot of African themed or styled music. But uh, yeah, Clapton just didn't, I don't think. I don't think so either. I I think Clapton's always just pinned the blues guy, which is fine. And he's made a terrific career out of it. And he's made some really phenomenal records and songs, but I just don't like him. So I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He's overrated. So fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off, haters. All right, all right. Um, so what else you got? Picked up Leonard Skinner, Give Me Back My Bullets. This is... Uh, what, a, what a title. This is a very cool title. It's a very cool-looking cover, but this album is... Uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This didn't rock as hard as I wanted because mm-hmm. their first two albums and then this one, so I skipped their third because I couldn't find it, but... Their first two albums like rock, dude. They they're so fucking good, and like their sound is just very dirty. They're like the Almond Brothers, but if they just never showered ever and and ate like garbage, <laughs> like Leonard Skinner just sounds dirty, and all their guitar tones are dirty, and their image is just dirty. Everything's just grimy and gross about them, but they're fucking good, dude, and they're so cool. And and the guitar tone that. I forgot the guitarist name, but the guitar tone that he, they use in this one is just absolutely stellar. It's like this near clean sound with a little bit of grime, and it twangs real hard. Almost like a Telecaster? I'm sure he probably is using a Telecaster, but whatever, I don't know, whatever I don't know, pedal he's using and amp that he's going through is yeah. damn perfect. But this album was just kind of like a little slower it was still really bluesy. It was still it still rocked, but it was just kind of like a little bit slower. It never really picked up. You know, like in Freebird, it picks up after yeah. the fucking twenty five minute mark, and then it goes real fast. <laughs> it gets really good. Like that's what Leonard Skinner does best is is they can transition into those fast parts, and it sounds phenomenal. It's great. But this one never they never went anywhere. Okay, that it was fine sucks. though. I, I still enjoyed it. It was still really good, but it just wasn't. Maybe just because I thought it was going to be more of the same old, same old, and it wasn't, yeah. and so then I was mad. Is it? Are you gonna keep it? Yeah, I'll definitely listen to this again. I really like this band. I think this band is fucking great, and yeah. I want to get their third and their fifth, and I probably won't do anything after the crash because I just it oh, was when not it was really like a whole band. new band. Yeah, yeah. It was over half the band that died, right? It was it was the singer and then their new guitarist who the singer thought was like going to be fucking the next Dwayne Allman 
and the singer or the guitarist's sister. And oh, then okay. everybody in the fucking crash is like got hurt. Like, oh, okay. Badly. Yeah. Man, and that's they just, fucking uh, tragic. Yeah, dude, they're just never the same. And then the album that came out right before they crashed uh, showed them and there's like flames coming around them. Mm-hmm. Like Ooh. as if like they're on fire and it was just, I mean, obviously it came out before the crash, so they had nothing to do with anything, but it just, it, it was in such bad taste. And then and the record label recalled it and then put like a different la- or a different cover out there. Rightfully so. Cause that's super fucked. Yeah. But then there was all these like theories, which don't, which, which aren't true because I've looked at the picture, but there's all these theories saying like, Oh, look at the fire. Wh- who, whichever person the fire directly touches is the one of the people that died in the plane crash. And uh, it's kind of a cool theory, but it's not true because you look at the fire. There are people that are being touched that didn't die. So <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's but like you know, the, the Abbey Road cover with the with the theory. Oh, the so Paul, stupid. The Paul theory. Yeah, well, that's, the Beatles are dumb though. Hey, they're better than fucking Skinner. It's true. Mm, it's true. I, they're more they're more influential, yes, but better. No, they are better. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I got four, count them, four. One, two, three, five. No, four Rolling Stones albums this week. How many of them? Four. Quattro. Four. Oh, my God. Nick. I made that last one. Is though. that how you say four? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just made that one up. Sounds smart. <laughs> <laughs> Our non-existent German listeners will uh, will correct us, but... I'm sure it's uh, a, maybe it's something in some language. There's a lot of languages out there. I don't know. I only know one. Yeah, you're true. You're very right. Out of the thousands of languages, I know one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you kind of know another one, but so I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work backwards. So I, I, I the the Rolling Stones, Black and Blue. This was their 13th slash 15th album, '76. I got this one for a dollar. It was a dollar pickup. I don't know why. They said that it was all fucked up. The 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 disc but then even the guy at Nichols, he opened it up and he's like what the hell this is like perfect he's like well <laughs> we we wrote a dollar so that's you get it for a dollor like, hell yeah that's cool I mean not that it's worth a lot of money it's probably like a seven or eight dollar record but but still a dollar yeah. but uh this was cool this got a lot of mixed reviews I liked it a lot I thought it was gonna be really shitty because it kind of dabbled it, it was some of the the reviews were saying it was dabbling some disco type shit and I was a little like, okay, I know the Rolling Stones like post tattoo in eighty one. Like they got really into that eighty sound and and that, that dirty, dirty work or whatever that fucking album is is garbage. But mm-hmm. this one was good, dude. They 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 did they did do some like disco type stuff, but they also did some really good reggae songs, surprisingly. Oh, that's weird. And it was very bizarre. And it was just it just they did a lot outside of just rock. And mm-hmm. the Dude, the Rolling Stones are tied to so much controversy. And the more I read about their controversy and the more I read about just all the ways they kind of just said fuck you to everybody and just didn't give a shit about anybody but themselves, I like them more and more. So this one, they put up this billboard in L.A., like right mm-hmm. on Sunset, and it showed a woman tied up and bruised sitting on top of the album. And the album was like facing outwards and, and it read, I'm black and blue from the Rolling Stones and I love it. Oh God! <laughs> and like it looks like it looks like she was kind of maybe in like some dominatrix thing, but like where the bruises are placed, it looked like she got beat up. Fuck. And so like like obviously there's whatever women's advocate group back in then back in the day jumped all over this thing and they changed it and everything and but like Jagger and Richards were like yeah whatever I thought it was funny, 
<laughs> I didn't give a shit. Easy way to promote the band, you know. Oh, dude, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Album, so like that's say. that's uh that's black and blue, seventy six, their thirteenth or fifteenth, depending if it's the UK or the US. <laughs> uh then we'll go to the Stones, it's only rock and roll that you know that song. Oh right? yeah, I know that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows. This album this album was okay. This is one that I traded song for bad eighties music. And uh <laughs> it's fine. It's it is not what year was this? This was seventy four. I thought the other one was seventy four. They both seventy four. No, the other one was seventy six. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Black and blue seventy six. Don't be sorry, just don't make mistakes. Black and blue is seventy six, <laughs> and then it's it's only rock and roll is seventy four. And uh the best song on this one was actually the last song, and it had a killer rhythm guitar that was played by Mick Jagger. So that's okay. kinda cool. But overall it was okay. So don't worry about getting So how many are you going to try to get all of the Rolling Stones? I mean, I will just, probably you just keep going. If I can find them cheap enough, I'm like, I'll get into two more in a minute that are normally for a lot of money. But if I can find them cheap enough, yeah, there's no reason why I can't just get everything. I'm going to focus mostly on the 70s before I get into like their early stuff because the early stuff is just very, it's very like rock and roll. It's very what of its time rock and roll, just very basic blues covers, rock and roll covers. Mm-hmm. This is whatever. Like I had their first album and I think it's, like it's like, damn! I can't believe these guys who played this eventually went on to make some stuff that I think is just fucking untouchable. Yeah. So, but that's cool. But otherwise, it's just meh. It's whatever's. <laughs> uh, Sticky fingers, Sticky fingers, right? This is their ninth mm-hmm. or eleventh album from '71. This is the one that has the zipper on the cover. Oh, okay, I know what album that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, like Andy Warhol did that cover art, and Andy Warhol. That that cover shows just like a, a dude in his jeans and the outline of his like wiener is hanging down inside of his jeans so you can see like the curvature of it yeah and it's got a working zipper oh that's kind of interesting which is also crazy because like you think about the clothes you wear i don't know the zipper fucking breaks or gets all fucked up after a couple of years but this thing is from like the, the pressing that i have is from 1971 so it's what 50 years old and the zipper still works fine <laughs> So That's whatever they were remarkable. making zippers out, out of back then, like they should have just kept doing it. But yeah, this one I've always seen for at least like 20, 30 bucks. And I got it for like $13 because it from, has like from nickels. From nickels, okay. Because the label itself, like the inner label has like some markings all over it. and But the but the record plays completely fine. And it's totally great. And it's awesome. And this is another con- controversial cover. Like if you actually undo the zipper and then there's like a belt buckle paper mm-hmm. on the top and if you pull those back as if like you're pulling his pants down oh my god it's supposed to it's supposed to like mimic briefs behind there there's like a little band and probably like oh 50 god, years ago it looks so like briefs detailed. i know it's really cool Holy and then shit. inside it says fuck i should have wrote it down but it says uh it says art done by andy warhol and then it has a sentence but the sentence isn't finished i don't know i clearly it makes no sense to anybody because i didn't write it down it's not fun <laughs> but there's there's like there's like um there's also controversy over I mean obviously the album cover is controversial because yeah it's 71 people weren't that open to sexuality back then yeah but and it's also con- on the and planet, wieners yeah. like you can clearly see that it's a fucking wiener <laughs> like clearly see it's a wiener but it was yeah. also controversial because I guess Andy Warhol had like Jagger Richards everybody come in and then hired like a bunch of models took a fuck ton of pictures and then didn't tell anybody ever which one he chose as the cover. 
Like even still to this oh. day, nobody really knows. That's weird. So that's so they're cool. all wearing this the same jeans. Yeah. But I mean, there. Ha- I mean, the, the guy with the wiener has to know it's him. You know, it's like maybe, maybe, maybe Andy Warhol just was like, "Let me get everybody with the same size wiener." I mean, <laughs> it's possible he was a fucking weirdo and an idiot. It was the seventies, man. Do you like Andy Warhol? Um, I mean, I don't know too much about him to to dislike or like him. Um, I think he has his place. I think in art, but I mean, pff, dude. I know about as much as art as Sloan knows about music, so <laughs> which is not much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Oh, by the way, uh, four in German is Vier. Vier. So, just one. Vier. V i e r. I mean, V i e r. Yeah. V i e r. Vier. 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 Okay. There you go. Yeah. Someone so, help you out there. but but the record's good. It's damn good. It's just good hard rock from that era. Just solid stuff. It's a good record. If you ever see it okay. for less than, than 15, pick it up. Ah, less than Probably 10. Won't. I'll go for it. Less for actually, t- less than 10. I actually saw it for 10 bucks the other day, too. But it was all beat up. And the zipper didn't work. No. You got the zipper to work. Yeah. But then yeah I, so, I mean. But then I read, too, like, the zipper, you have to pull the zipper down towards the middle. So that way the zipper itself mm-hmm. protrudes into the center of the record, the little hole. Because if you keep it on the top, it could like warp the record in front of it if you're stacking them together. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, what a pain in the ass, you know, having to store that record. Because you're, you're bound to damage other things. But it's cool. Yeah, that's all right. It's gimmicky. We don't care. It's gimmicky. It's and the gimmicky. last stones, the last stones that I've got, and uh, I've always seen this one, dude, it's always like 30 bucks, 35 $40. And it's their Satanic Majesty's... Uh, request mm-hmm. yeah that's the that's the one that's blue covered very reminiscent of sergeant peppers it's got like the you know like the 3d where if you scratch your nails on it you can feel the lines so if you look at it one way they're like facing the left and you look at the other way they're facing oh, the right. yeah, I know what you're talking you about. know those things yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what those are called but but yeah this is this is like their sixth or eighth from 1967 this was released three months after sergeant pepper's and there are a lot What's of... What's it called again? It's called Their Satanic Majesty's Request. Oh, and okay. I, I just wanted to look at the cover. I guess they got the name from from like a passport where they said like, you, you, I don't know, you're ma- the, the Majesty's throne requests that you behave when you're going overseas or something. I don't fucking know. doesn't matter. But there are a lot of like, similarities. like an early form of a passport? Yeah. There are a lot of similarities in style, presentation of themes, and then the cover itself is very similar to Sgt. Pepper's. And it was kind of shit on in the time. Oh, yeah, it totally is. It was shit on for being very pretentious and kind of being like a forced clapback to Sgt. Pepper's. But since then, it's, it's, you know, in retrospect, it's gained a ton more respect as the years go by. And this is a fucking banger, dude. This is so good. This is unbelievably good. This is like... Really good psychedelic shit with so many different sounds being played with. And like the recording of this whole thing, like reading about the recording was absolutely crazy. Like their normal producer took off following mm-hmm. a drug bust that that put Jagger and Richards like in jail. They were sentenced to, to, to three months and a year oh, because shit. they just had some weed on them. Like they were just smoking. And, you know, mm-hmm. this was like this was like the 60s. Yeah, the 60s they wanted to make yeah. an example of them. But it, it was eventually dismissed. They didn't really do anything in any hard time. But, dude, there was just... 
heavy, heavy drug use. And then studio time, you, you like all the members would bring like a posse of people, just tons and tons of girls into the studio and recording would like slow down or stop. And they would just spend a day just getting really, really fucking high and doing whatever <laughs> they were doing in there. Sounds exactly like what the Beatles were doing. I mean, this is very, dude, this, it was very, very reminiscent of Sgt. Pepper's. They started recording it about the same time, but because of all these, it just yeah. happened to be released a lot later because of okay. the, the arrests and everything else. But, but dude, this is really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and John Paul Jones is on it too. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, he did the string arrangements on whatever, uh, what song six, so She's a Rainbow. That's what it says. It is good, man. It is a good, cohesive album that flows and it it, it intros kind of like Sgt. Pepper's does. Like mm-hmm. the curtains open. Not quite like the curtains open, but something similar to that. It kind of builds up, crescendos into the album, and then at the end of it, it decrescendos out. So it's I'm very it's, interested in this. It's really good. Like it's really good. And I I think I mean, dude, albums at this time were were just after pet sounds, people were just trying so hard to, to do better and better and better. And it was just such a cool time for music. Yeah. I've, I'm looking too. And it, I mean, according to the Wikipedia, this album's only sold 500,000 in, uh, in the States. It seems very low for the, for Rolling Stones and for being an album of this era. It seems really low, right? Yeah. I, I, I saw that too. I don't, I don't know why. I know that the cover and the artwork, and the title was censored in a lot of countries because of the satanic part of it. Oh, okay. So maybe like distribution has something to do with that. It could be because it, it did hit number two on the Billboard here in the states, Billboard two hundred. So yeah, maybe it could have just been distribution and stores not wanting to sell them. It's very strange. But it's dude, it's really good. I'm I, is, I really want to check it out. This is probably my this is probably my second favorite Stones album so far. What's your first one again? Exile on Main Street, baby. Okay. I mean, we're going to have to do a Rolling Stones record sometime. We'll probably do this one. We'll, we should do this one, and then the next week we do um, uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. Well, then we'd have or to start versa. it off by doing Pet Sounds, and then Sergeant Peppers, and then end it with this one. That's a lot of work. It's <laughs> a lot of a lot of the same stuff over three weeks of potting. Yeah, but but if we're gonna do Sergeant Pepper's and, and Satanic Majesty, like we we, would we have cannot, to do pet sounds, yeah, we can't not do Pet Sounds. We gotta do Pet Sounds. You're right. You're right. Okay. Damn. Well, moving on. I I picked up Pet Sounds by the okay. Beach Boys. This is uh, their eleventh album, sixty six, and so many fucking records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are ten albums before. Like the album right before it had had Barbara Ann. The ba ba ba. So like just to tell you, just to show you like the shift in sound from Barbara Ann to this is is unbelievable. Yeah, and it's huge. Uh, I mean, this is arguably the most, or at least one of the most important albums to rock music ever, ever. Just yeah. songwriting, production, overall sophistication with this. This pushed music writing further than than anything else had ever done, and there would be no albums that are even as sophisticated as this ever had it not been for this. <sighs> even guys like Lennon had said, dude, there would be no fucking peppers. There would be no, any of this stuff had it not been for pet sounds. And he meant red hot chili peppers, not Sergeant peppers. Yes. He meant red hot chili peppers specifically. Um, probably like, uh, I don't know. I can't even think of a really shitty <laughs> peppers album. Cause they're all these kind of good, I guess. <laughs> one hot yeah. minute. That one. That there one. we go. Yeah. Dave Navarro. 
But I mean, dude, everyone's heard this album, and it's 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 a really good album. I I have come to like it a little bit less in recent years because, I, yeah. I mean, I I, I think dude, I I think that it is quite possibly the most important album to rock music ever. But as far as like the music goes, because of its of its uh, e- eagerness, I guess to be so abstract, to be so sophisticated, a lot of the melodies are kind of lackluster and especially mm-hmm. because Brian Wilson has written some fucking ridiculously catchy stuff. And it's just, it's like, dude, okay. All right. Cause you, cause everybody knows, wouldn't it be nice? Everybody knows Sloop John B. God only knows. But then there's like the rest of the songs there, right? When you hear mm-hmm. them, you're like, okay, I recognize this. I know this song, but yeah. after it's over, you couldn't hum the melody. Like I agree. You wouldn't, I, you wouldn't I agree. know what it is. And so over 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 the years, I've I've come to like it a little bit less, which kind of pains me, pains me because I've been a long time, long time supporter, long time yeah. first time here. More so of that than than Sergeant Pepper, which is crazy because almost every song on Sergeant Pepper is, you know, catchy as hell. And what that did for music was just as significant, if not more significant, than Pet Sounds. That's I mean that is one hundred percent like objectively false. Pet sounds. <laughs> I mean, come on. There would be no peppers without pet sounds, but that's funny. Uh, uh, but yeah, like like pet sounds is is just um, this is a like you can't even call yourself any type of of music listener, player, critic, anything if you've not listened to pet sounds in its entirety and at least like taken a minute to even minimally dissect the album. Yeah, we almost did that record on the pod like a year ago, but. What made us change our minds? I don't remember. I thought what... I thought we were gonna do with uh, friend of the pod David. We're gonna do like a Peppers versus Pet Sounds thing. Oh yeah, but then we realized true. like that was going to be a lot of work, and we probably just didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. We we did Sergeant Peppers instead, which I don't even think he was on the pod for. I think he ended up not being able to make it. I think. I think you and I, I just did that by did ourselves. Did we do Sergeant Peppers? We 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 didn't do Sergeant Pepper's on our on the new format. It was the old format. Hmm. That's the only time we ever did it was on the old format. But interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's probably yeah, what yeah. happens. We just got scared of the work and didn't want to do it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So. Well, because we don't want to half-ass it. You know, we don't want to Eric Clapton in just phone it in. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. That's a new thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna coin that. You're not gonna Clapton it. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Especially because everyone's going to like assume that it, whatever I'm talking about is really, really good. That's irritating, too. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't so, use it. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. I probably will, though. Uh, I got another Grand Funk album. Of course. I yeah. mean, your collection should be complete because it seems like every other week you get a new Grand Funk record. I need Grand Funk Lives, which is like their second or third to last. And then I need Live in Bosnia, which was a very, very, very late live album. Yeah, it sounds like and it. Then, uh, and then I'm good. Live like, in Bosnia. That is a weird one. I think that was like in the nineties. Like it was like decades. Yeah, during the conflict, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, that so, still seems like a very weird <laughs> weird place to play, especially during the conflict. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess it, it's no different than like bands playing in Iraq and shit. It's really no different. But that's true. Anyway. But like I don't I don't know. I feel like when bands play in Iraq, it's either like a Springsteen type of thing where he's 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 there to support and it's not like a, it's, it, I don't know, he's not there to record, or it's a newer band that hasn't been around since the fucking 70s. 
who's yeah. not trying to like revitalize their career by using this opportunity. True. And a lot, a lot of people forget about all the shit that happened in Bosnia and that part of the world in the 90s too. After the fall of communism, a lot of people forget about it, but it was very important. So maybe that's well, another the, reason why I'm surprised. Well, well, the 90s was a very a very weird a weird time. And we'll get into it with the hip hop stuff, but the, the 90s was uh yeah. I, I I'd almost I, equate it to I'd almost equate it to the 60s in in like relevance in certain types of music and culture and culture and all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. I th- I think the 90s bridged so many gaps to where we're at now and and started fires politically in society that we're still trying to like put out today. And like, it was just very important. Yeah, I agree. So whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, this yeah. grand fuck album, it came out in 75. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's fucking good. It is so good. I, I argue that this may be even better than the grand funk live album. The other one that they did in like 72, 73, this is just so fucking good. Like I was blown away. They're so loud. And I got it for like $3. And I asked Aldo, my boy, Desi, over at Uncle Aldo's Attic in Mesa. I was like, dude, why is it so cheap? He's like, well, the record's probably all jacked up. And we opened it up. And like it was, it's not a scratch, but it's got like those like marks on it, you know? It looks like somebody yeah. scraped it with like an eraser. Yeah. It's got a bunch of those all over it. And he's like, well, you know, to be honest, this band's loud as fuck. So you're probably not even going to hear anything. And so, like, sure enough, dude, like, I, all I heard was Grand Funk. Like, there could have been ticks and That's pops. Cool. I have really no idea. Cool. I have no, because they they're so fucking loud. They are like, really loud. I haven't like listened how to them the, in so long. How the Wu-Tang album gets quieter, this one gets louder. It's, it, it's mixed loud. Everything is loud. Everything's turned up to 11. It's just fantastic. And <laughs> It's only is, three dudes. <laughs> well, That's crazy. This one had the keyboardist, too, on on, on mm. I think this this is one of the first, yeah. One of the, one, but one, still, like... During the time when they had the keyboardist. But yeah. Dude, they're, but they're not like a loud player. They're not like a loud instrument, you know, generally speaking. Yeah. It's a rhythm, basically. So, yeah. But this is cool because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of crowd noise. There's a lot of crowd interactions. There's a super long fucking drum solo, and everything just sounds like everybody just sounds like they're having fun. And That's the first cool. the first like minute and a half is just like the crowd like chanting Grand Funk, like where you can hear people talking, like like oh I'm so excited man, and it's just then then you know when Grand Funk comes on because as you're listening to it, you're like oh this is pretty loud. This is a normal volume for how I play records. And then Grand Funk comes on, and then you notice, like, holy shit, this is mixed really, really loud. Because the crowd gets, like, <laughs> obnoxiously loud. And then Grand Funk plays, and, oh, my God. I've never heard my speakers get this loud before. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. <laughs> it's great. I that love this so album. so cool. This is my second favorite Grand Funk album. Behind the uh, subtitle. That's love awesome. Love this Love them. No, they are really good. They are very good. But they're not, like, the best or top ten. But they're they, really good. They're arguably like the best. I'm going to put them in the B team category and then say they're the best. Okay. All right. Because I don't want like, B team. Yeah, not, I guess B team. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They're they're the best B team. They okay. Are. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, All right. What else you got? Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister. Their Which fourth album you? from 85. It's called Come Out and Play. Which one is this? Let me see. This is this is this is right after um uh we're not gonna take it. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Oh, I've I've seen this album cover, yeah. So this album cover is really, really cool. And I traded Sloan a uh, Night Ranger. So? Night Ranger for this one. Oh dude. So like I I I set my album covers up 
mm-hmm. I, I, I put them up like facing upward and facing me and then I put the record on and that way I can see what, what I'm looking at. Just a way to like stage what I'm, what I'm listening to, you know? Okay, yeah. So I, I went over to flip it and then I noticed there's these like little tabs, like these little tabs on the outside of the sewer cap. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are these tabs? So I stick my fingers in the tabs. I go, okay, <laughs> this like, this pops up or this comes off or something. And so I pop it up. And the sewer cap opens, it folds upwards, oh, and there's a little okay. pop out. There's a little pop out of D. Snyder, and he's just like, fucking, got like the rocking hands, and he's like yelling, and he's in a suit and got the makeup on. And I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking so cool. Dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> it is so obnoxious and ugly, and uh, he is so ugly, and his teeth are so fucking ugly. But damn, I was blown away by that. It was so rad. I loved it. I loved it. That is. <laughs> <laughs> so but here's dumb. a uh, here's an excerpt from from one of the songs here. I think this album's a fucking it's 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 not a banger, but it's 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 really good. It's cool. But but okay. here, here's here's a line. So he says, "I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of Rock, and to the point of view for which it stands, one music under one God, with liberty and justice for all lands." That's how you know this is a banger of an album, right there. This uh, this had to have been right after or during. The PMRC hearings had to have been <laughs> like that. Just screams that right there. This like eighties, yeah. This I think this was right before then because yeah, this, that uh, was like eighty six, eighty right? seven. This was eighty five. Okay, it must have been like right during it then. Oh god. So Dude, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at some of the additional, like some of the people that were on this record. Don Dokken did some backing vocals. Alice Cooper had co lead vocals on "Be Cruel to Your." Be cruel to your school. School it's spelled, really it's weird. spelled cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it's spelled re- really weird. And then Brian Setzer plays the guitar solo on that song as well. And then Billy Joel play, plays piano on that song. That's a star-studded song. And then Claren Clemens, I don't know who that is, plays saxophone on that song as well. I think he played. I think he's the uh, he's the sax oh, he was player in, for the E Street Band. Yeah, that's what it says right here, yeah, E Street Band. But yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's a lot of people on one song. A lot of big people on one song. This, I mean, I, I haven't listened to a lot of Twisted Sister, but this seems like they are fully embracing their their persona, like they're like they're. I don't want to call them a joke because they're they're a pretty good band, but their image of of being just goofy and not and taking not not taking themselves so seriously and just having fun. Yeah, that's true. It's like the what was the the story during the PMRC meetings? Like they took a Twisted Sister song. I can't remember the name of it right now. But they were saying that it was all about bondage and like masochism and all this like crazy stuff or all this stuff. And then D. Snyder is like, no, this is about, you know, getting going to the dentist and getting a root canal and just kind of like a funny experience, like like a like a sarcastic experience on going to the dentist. And he said that your your guys perverted minds are the ones that are making it more than what it actually is. So he pretty much called them all perverts for thinking it's about BDSM when it was just about going to the dentist. So that was kind of funny. It's, I can't remember the song though. It's good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. <clears throat> All right. What else you got? Uh, I only got a couple more. I guess. Okay. Mm. Uh, fake surfers. This is. I, I ordered like. I sent twenty bucks to this record uh, store called Six Hundred Six Records, mm. and I told them what I like, and they sent me two records in return. One was Fake Surfers, their album Cheap Meat. This is a punk duo from Detroit. They play very fast, very aggressive, very short, kind of catchy tunes, and like, dude, they're fucking loud. It's only two. It's only two people, like I said, but 
dude, they're loud and they make a lot of noise. It, it really reminded me of every time like we we were in the studio and we just make a lot of fucking noise. Oh, and even to the point where, where the dude was like the guy that owns the studio was like, is, just, is it just you two in here? <laughs> I know. Like, I yeah. can't believe that. <laughs> And that was even just like a couple of years ago. That wasn't even like 10, 15 years ago when we used to go a lot. This was like recent, fairly recent. <laughs> yeah, we just fucking we like it loud. We're already here. Let's put it fucking loud, right? Like we're not here that often. Oh, God. That's so but it's, funny. It's cool. I, I think you'd probably enjoy this more because it's more of that, of that really aggressive punk sound. I can't find them on online. I'm looking for them. They are not like a popular band at all. I had to okay, search I found their through... Bandcamp actually. Yeah, I, well, there's there's fake surfers and then there's the fake surfers. Okay, because I found fake surfers and then an EP. It looks like uh, called Fake Surfers on Bandcamp. It says that they're a duo, so it's the same band. Okay, yeah, yeah. But okay. uh, no, they're they're cool. Like I would I would probably go back to this if I was in this specific type of mood, like like this fast aggressive punk style mood. Oh yeah, their songs are short too. They're like less than a minute and a half. But it's cool. Okay, very cool. I had fun with it's, it. It's an interesting idea, like the way you did that with that website where they you tell them what you want, and they just randomly pick something for you. I I would probably do it again, but um, I would probably be a little more descriptive in what I what I wanted because I mean my my album of the week alone was like worth what they sent me, or my pick <laughs> of the week. And it was twenty dollars, right? Yeah, twenty bucks. They to sent do. me two records. Okay, that's not um, bad. I mean, ten bucks a record—that's really not bad. No, at all. It's, no, it's not bad at all. I might actually do this too. Yeah, it sounds interesting. It's fun. It sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it sounds fun. Like you're gonna find out, you're gonna pop mo- more than likely find something that you like that you've never heard of before. And these so guys cool. like they do it a lot. The six oh six records—they do it a lot. So they got to know. I don't know. They they got to know what they're doing, and they can't give you shit records because then it's just going to spread in social media, and they're not going to be in business, right? That's a good point. Now that's a really good point. So they got to do well, and then like I found out about them because of the TMR group that we're in. Someone else did it, and they paid twenty, and they got like uh, I think they got an Iggy Pop record, the Nevermind the Bollocks, but like a newer pressing, and mm-hmm. a couple a couple other things too. But um, yeah, it's it's cool. I I'm very happy with it. Hmm. Yeah, like doing it like once a month would be worth it. Throwing twenty bucks out there for it. Plus, it's just something. Yeah, exactly. If you do it once a month, then there's always kind of something coming in the mail for you, and you don't even know what it is. Exactly. That's cool. That's that's kind of rad. Cool thing. Yeah. So uh, I got another Super Tramp album. I got Inedibly Stamped. This is their second album from '71. Um, This is this is pretty different from their debut, which I'm not really a fan of. I really, I really, really like this band a lot. But their debut album, not really a fan of it. Just boring rock. Mm-hmm. But this one, this one is is not as like prog pop oriented or as complex as like the golden era of this band. Yeah. But it's still good. Like it still focuses a lot on extended instrumentals, a lot of instrumental layering. There was there was it was a good starting point for what they would become. And I mean, the album cover is also very controversial, or was very controversial. Actually, it wasn't even that controversial, because if you, like, Google most controversial album covers, this is not even making any top list, and it's... Really? I'm surprised. It's, like, literally boobs. Yeah, it's straight up a topless <laughs> person. Yeah. But then you get, like, I don't know, 
it's kind of in the same vein as the dwarves. Maybe they just weren't as popular or still aren't as popular. So they don't, they're not on people's radar because the, like the strokes, this is it. That mm-hmm. album cover for the, for the, I think it's a UK cover, which shows just a very, very white, blanched white, what we assume is a woman kind of bending over in a black glove resting on like the hip almost to the butt oh, area. Oh yeah, I forgot about that album. That but like the American cover. version is, is the one that I have and it's just, I don't know, it's like stained glass or something. I don't know what the fuck yeah. it is. But like that makes a lot of these lists, but this album doesn't make any of the lists and I don't, I, th- I think it's, it's because so it's not weird. that popular. Yeah, it has but to yeah. be. And if you look at the ratings, it gets like pretty low ratings. Yeah, people like shit over it, but it's really good and this band is really good. Like I, Dude, I love this band. This band is so fucking rad. I'm gonna put them on my list for albums to do because they're really cool. Damn. And you just you just need to hear them because I've heard like Super Champ. I've I have. You, you've you've heard Goodbye Stranger. You've probably heard like yeah, it's a fantastic song. You've you've heard the the Gym Class Heroes version of the Take a Look at My Girlfriend. So it's <laughs> it's it's fine. But they're they're so much they're so much better than that. I hope so. I mean, if we're gonna be doing the album, one of their albums, I hope it's better than that. So much better than that. But yeah, so uh, I also listened to a couple of John records, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and then that Rock of the Westies. I, th- I think you have that same one too. Uh, it might. shows him on the cover. He's wearing a hat. There's like fucking oh, bushes the in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have that one, yeah. But, I haven't uh, listened to it, either of them, but still. Rock not. of the Westies is, 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 is fine. It's, it's, it's okay. Nothing really extravagant about it, but, good, but Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is really, really good. It is just... Dude, Elton John rocks. He is he is fantastic. He's uh, he's got it all. He does it all. He's 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 great. He's awesome. It's always been the piano that I don't really like. I'm not a piano man, so it always takes me out of the music. This is uh, this is his seventh album from '73. So he's 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 done a couple Damn. before this, but yeah. yeah, this one's got like Benny on the Jets. Uh, that song Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday. That song's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, dude, you should, you should check it out. It's really good. It's a good album. I mean, I have it. I just have I know. I don't yet. fucking just so. over here listening to fucking corn over and over. And dude, over. corn is so never good. fucking corn is fucking life. It's, Jesus. Hey, man, when it's good, All it's right. good. You gotta listen to it. Yeah, I'm gonna confiscate your fucking records next time I go over there. He's gonna listen to them. Well, I'm gonna them. lock them up next time. So yeah, that's right. If you lock them up, then you'll never listen to them. Dumb. Um. Yeah. That that leads me to my pick of the week: irreversible entanglements. <sighs> From their album Irreversible Entanglements. Oh, what a title! <laughs> this is their first album from 2017. This is uh, this is one. This is the other one that I got from that 606 Records deal where I sent 20 bucks. Blah, blah, blah. And this is just really, really crazy good jazz music, but like free jazz, backing a phenomenal Philly-based poet. And when I wrote in on what I want for 606, there's a little little thing that says like, "What do you want?" Like, what are you looking for? And I wrote, like, I either mm-hmm. want really nasally obnoxious pop punk or I want <laughs> just some really cool jazz poetry. And they sent me this. You really and, write jazz poetry? Oh, dude. Dude, Pat and I were, like, locals at Steamers. Every Thursday, we would go to Steamers. Yeah, and I remember we, that. I, I went a couple times with you guys. We went, we went for like three years and then we just watched like poetry. We watched people do comedy every night, every Thursday we were there and he would always get the same fucking wine and then I would just get beer and then we go to our bigs <laughs> over in Fullerton and get our, yeah. our $3, oh, the, 25 the Newcastles? ounce Newcastles. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I dude, I fucking love this. I think this is so amazing, and I just, I just really like poetry. I don't know anything about it, and maybe that's why I'm so like obsessed with it. And I have so many albums by just all these different poets and stuff that I just, I love listening to and spoken word stuff. But then when you back it by just really talented free jazz musicians, dude, it just, it just, it takes a kick. Like it, it just, it does, it gets me where right where like I, I wanted it to get me. Yeah, no, I get it. I think it's really cool too. It, it, this is rad. I enjoyed it. So, should I play just fire the song "Fireworks" from the beginning, or I, I would probably start at like thirty thirty seconds in. Thirty minutes in, okay. Thirty seconds Cause it, in, because it's, it's a like four songs song. and they're all fifteen, yeah, ten minutes yeah. long. I don't know. Okay, so here's um, that's about thirty seconds in. Here's a uh, fucking irreversible entanglements in the song "Fireworks." Did you break down and cry out, I can't take this anymore? Scream, I want to leave the country. Or did you just want to leave the city? Did you want to leave the planet? Did you hear the last breath of a woman getting her throat slashed before you left? I guess that would depend on your location between Philadelphia and Chicago. You see them fireworks last night? We was up on the hill, I found myself thinking about war. Out of nowhere, we was dead. Like ten bullets traveling throughout the city, killing nothing but black people. A whole bunch of us at the same time, different locations. Sometimes through the heart, most times through the head. I was 14, she was 16, he was seven, and she was 23. Last thing we saw was fireworks symbolizing something. Can you tell the difference between America and the unknown us forever expanding and reshaping the landscape? Collapsing the poor far away. Far from any dreams and wishes you have been planning on or hoping for yourself. Far away from you and your politics, this class war will permanently push us out of sight. If you didn't let them kill us already. We are post-World War III. And everyone is dead or at home, deleting the human parts of themselves. Control, alt, delete, backspace, escape, escape, escape. Ain't nobody coming back outside to be safe again. Today done moved every black body Not hanging from a tree Not in prison Not shucking and jiving In the house of appropriation Out One thing for sure People are dying with each blink of the eye Did it break your heart When you learned he was only seven? Did it break you? Were you forever changed when she got chopped down with an axe by a man who said he was afraid? Were you afraid? Were you distracted? Are you afraid? Are you afraid? Oh, 
Okay, there's a bit of the uh, the song Fireworks from Irreversible Entanglements. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I was very surprised by the the music part of it, the musical part of it. It was fun. A this, lot of fun. Uh, dude, this is exactly what I have, what I've been looking for. Like, ever since my steamers days with Pat, I've just been missing this type of stuff. And I love it. Dude, and her... her her ability, I don't know who this is. I mean, I know her name, but she's not wildly popular. But her ability to go from, like, hyper-aggressive to kind of, I don't know, like, pleading is, it's like, weirdly calming. But also, it makes me feel uncomfortable, and I I love it. And the jazz band knows exactly when to relax, and then they know when to speed it up and get really crazy. It was intense. I forgot what I was just going to say. I was about to say something. Fuck. I don't know. You're probably going to say, like... This is really good, but I'll probably just put on Life is Peachy instead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did listen to Life is Peachy. I wouldn't mind having, but I wouldn't mind having this record. It was, it's a really cool record and it's fun to just, I guess, kind of relax to. I don't know if that's kind of the point is to relax to it because she is very passionate, but I don't know. I still find it relaxing. So I listen to this one. But I also think heavy metal music relaxing, so. I listened to this one twice and then I listened to their newest album that came out this year. And I do find it relaxing because you can really groove into the songs because they're like, it's only four songs and they're all like 10 minutes long. So you can really get into a groove. And then if you want to, or I mean, you should, but if you want to listen to what she's saying, rather than just hear her voice as just another instrument, but if you Mm -hmm. want to listen to the lyrics, she's very, uh, she's very Zach in her delivery, in what she's talking about, and how she presents it. She's very, very yeah. Zach. And she's very hyper-aggressive sometimes, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, I could see that the passion's there, for sure. It's not, And it's not obnoxious like a lot of people are, so eh, I, could, I could get into it. I could definitely get into it. But like, I, I don't even know like where to find this type of stuff. Like Every record store I go to doesn't have a fucking beatnik free jazz section. <laughs> You know, it does seem like something that that Aldo's or Nichols would have, though. But like, where would I even look? I don't know the jazz section or something. I don't know the jazz section full of overpriced Miles Davis and Charlie <laughs> Parker and fucking I don't know other jazz guys. <laughs> yeah, John Coltrane. Yeah, Forgot about him. I got. That's all I got. So that's all you got. Yeah. Damn. All right, I don't. I don't have a lot. I only got four albums, including my uh, my album of the week. So I'll get through this pretty quick. Uh, they're all prog, yeah. for the most part, and just because I I have a, quite a bit of backlog, but I just haven't wanted to go through it all. So I've just been through a, a, a few of them, and because um, I had to listen to Corn a lot too. Wait, and, and so do you only have four because you didn't have time to listen to records, or do you only have four because you've been listening to the same thing over and over and over and over? Mostly because I didn't have time, but I also was listening to stuff that I enjoyed listening to. So that's what I was doing. So what are you going to do? I am going to do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not like I was listening to corn the whole time. Like I listened to a lot of can listening to a lot of prog outside of, you know, the, these albums, but he's listened to uh, corn at least once. I listened to corn and I listened to life is peachy and I listened (laughs) to the nothing and I listened to the nothing. Yeah. So, but you only know I listen to Life is Peach because I, I told you I was. <laughs> so, anyway, I also listen to Plus 44, so, so don't good. complain. Um, I listen to Angel and Airways, too, the um, Dreamwalker. Like you, you can't go 
if you went a week and you listen to plus 44, like your subconscious is like, well, you, you got to listen to Angels and Airwaves now. You got to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or it's you something with to. Tom, like Boxcar Racer or something. I have to listen to something. Fucking gay. Yeah, I can't go a week without Tom. It's the way she goes. Um, so the first thing I have here is from Yes. This is one I picked up at Double Nickels when I was out at your place. Uh, like a month and a half ago. And uh, this is, because at the time I was just picking up anything yes, not even really knowing what it was. I was just picking it up because it was always cheap. And uh, this is Yesterday's. This is their comp from 1974. So most of the songs are from their first two records. So it was kind of one of the, some of the songs I had already heard because I have their second record. And then, um, yeah, I don't have their first record for whatever reason. But So I'm still looking for that. And then there's a B-side on it as well. But it's cool. And... I, I really enjoy it and the artwork like most of their albums have really cool artwork so I I love that so there you go got yesterday's yeah, what were you gonna say no it's, I, it's it's I had that one too and then it's I think it's like 10 songs or something like that yeah something like that where all but not like super two are, are new I think one like you said is a b-side and then there's another one too that's not from like an album that's just it's like a, a it's a cover right yeah if not mistaken a, a cover yeah. they did that they put on for something else so yeah that's why I picked up yesterday's because there were songs on there that I had not heard or I could not access. So I got that one, um, or I listened to that one. The other one was also Yes, and it's the Yes album. Their third record came out in 1971. Um, it was the first to feature Steve Howe on guitar. Uh, yeah. It was also their commercial breakthrough album and their their first hit, really, al- hit album. Um, and there's really just some really cool guitar playing on it and uh, a lot of country influence, which I was... I didn't. I haven't really heard, or I don't remember hearing on, on subsequent Yes records. But there was a lot of country influence on this one, which is cool. It worked really well for whatever reason. But that that has so my favorite know. Yes song on it. Which one is that? I've seen all good people, baby. I don't. I don't Track one, side two. I seen all good people turn their heads each day, so satisfied I'm on my way. <laughs> that was. That was great. I first heard that song when I worked at Virgin Records, and then I just never got into Yes ever. And but I've always loved that song. So whenever I would curate playlists, like my my long song playlist, I would include like Bohemian Rhapsody or some Coheed songs. I would always put that on there too. But I never got into Yes until we started doing vinyl. And I'm damn, I just so many wasted years. I don't know where I've been. You know, it's that's so good. They're so good. Really, really good. And I got this one, you gave this one to me for free because I think you already have it. And also the jacket is just torn to shreds. Like it's, it's the, the worst damage <laughs> I've, I have in my collection. It's so bad. But the record is great. Sound that there's very little surface noise or cracks or pops. So I can't so complain. I'm saying, about the baby, it was free, right? Yeah, it was free. I, yeah. I've, I really have no complaints. It's just, it's yeah. kind of funny that it's just, this jacket is shit. it's good it's great record um the next one i have here is mike oldfield i'm i I have three or no i have four of his records and so this is three out of the four that i've listened to so far and um this one it's it's called hergest ridge hergest ridge this is his second record came out after tubular bells the follow-up to it obviously came out in august of 1974 uh it actually hit hit number one in the uk charts for three weeks but then, because it was so disappointing to Tubular Bells, Tubular Bells re-entered the charts and surpassed this the new album, 
which apparently like is very oh. rare. Like it <laughs> rarely happens with an artist where their prior album overtakes their new album. But so. then, wait, wait. So Tubular Bells was already at number one. This one took it over. And then no, what, no, no. Oh. Tubular Bells had already left the charts. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But it was, but it was such a, it was you know, it was such a hit. So this is his follow up, but. He also, after Tubular Bells came out, he didn't, he refused to perform at all. And he didn't do any press. He just refused everything. Like he essentially became like a hermit. And then he, he, he wrote, recorded and did everything on this record, released it. And it, because the first album was so successful, it was like bound to be number one, which it was, but nobody really liked it. So everyone went back and listened and rebought Tubular Bells. And then that made Tubular Bells overtake this new record, the second record. Interesting. Which is crazy to think about. I wonder. Yeah, but and then what? Uh, well, because I to, to, so tubular bells. One of the I mean, there's only really one song, but a part of the first yeah. part of the song was using the Exorcist. I wonder if the Exorcist mm-hmm. came out at the same time or after this oh, album did. Maybe. That made people like reignite. Like, holy shit, that's a good song. Where is what is that? You know what I mean? That's true. That I didn't think about that, but it didn't. It didn't say anything about that when i was reading but it 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 could have been could have been a reason why um and he also like after tubular bells he just became so disenfranchised with the music industry and all that so he was convinced by um what's his name from virgin records richard branson or bronson richard branson richard branson it's richard branson i think branson and he was convinced he convinced mike mike oldfield to like make another record and just get away and so he ended up like buying him a house like in this little village called kington in uh in wales like right on the border of wales and england and that's where he wrote he like he they kind of built like a makeshift studio in there and uh, he pretty much just wrote and recorded the entire record there engineered it played almost everything on it like he normally does and then yeah and then the the album cover is like i kind of like the album cover it like has his his like the local dog that lived in the area and it's just like a picture of the dog like out in this field but it's like kind of a warped cover so it looks kind of like trippy so the the album itself though is just it's good, but it's it's nothing compared to Tubular Bells or the one that followed it, which I talked about I think last week. Yeah. But but no, it's it's still solid stuff, but it's more ambient than than the other two records I've listened to. But still pretty good. I see this um, on the wild a lot. It's only like four or five bucks. Yeah, I think I got it for four dollars at a, a White Rabbit a long time ago. Might as well. I mean, it's so cheap and it's still really good. So why not? So I got that one, listened to that. And then the last one uh, leads me into my song of the week. It comes from the band Can. Uh, normally their records are pretty expensive in the wild. Every time I've come across them, they're at least 35, 40 more. Uh, I got this one from Glass House um, Record Store in Pomona and got it for 20 bucks. So it's Tago Mago. It's, the, uh, it's their second record. Came out in February 1971. It's the first one to feature Damo Suzuki on vocals. Uh, he only recorded three albums with the band out of like the 12 that they did. He only did three, but it's the most popular era of the band. Um, and yeah, just the, the kind of the story behind it, like how they found Damo. They had just fired their original vocalist who did their first record. Um, and they were, because they're all from Germany. And they were just, they were just, I think it was in Hamburg. They were, Cano was supposed to play a show that night. They had already fired their singer and they were just a couple of the guys, I think the drummer and the guitarist were at a like a cafe in the town and they heard some guy like like a street performer just like jamming or singing or whatever. And it was Damo and he's, he's a Japanese, he's a guy from Japan, but he's lived in Germany the whole time. 
and they liked him so much. They're like, do you want to be in the band? And he agreed. And then they're like, well, we play a show tonight. Do you want to do it? And he said, yeah. So then he played a show the day he joined the band, never hearing their music. And that's kind of like been the whole thing with Damo Suzuki is that he doesn't, when he sings, he doesn't really sing lyrics. He, he just kind of makes up his own language and his own things. And he just, it's a lot of improvis- improvisation with him, which has always been kind of like the, the draw of Can and Damo as well, which is kind of cool. And yeah, they recorded this album in Cologne, Germany in a castle. They rented out a castle in Germany. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I, apparently the, the sessions were just jam sessions. So they would jam for like six or seven hours and they would just run tape, just record the jam sessions every day. And, and then what ended up happening was the bass player, um, Zuke, he, uh, he would actually go back and then edit together the jams, like splice and cut and just put, make the jams into actual songs. And that's what this album is. So it's, it's very copy and paste, but all based off of jams from the band which is a really weird way of uh, making a record, but it worked and it's a great record. Fantastic record. This was, um, so I thought that you'd snuck in like some, I don't know, indie rock band from the past, like 15 years. And I was like, Oh, it's really good. But this sounds like some type of like, I don't know, some indie rock. So some like like alternative indie rock. Like that's, that's what this sounds like. And then I, I, realized that it was can and i just thought like damn dude these guys were doing this what like the early 70s yeah late 60s early 70s because this yeah, sound dude like sound has been replicated so many fucking times and i just i never knew like it went back this far yeah it's 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 a genre called uh kraut rock and it, it started in the 60s as a response like and as a response to to american pop music in west west germany because they didn't want to make American pop music. They liked it, but they thought it would just be cheap to make to remake that kind of music. So they kind of went against the grain. It was more art rock and just kind of prog and just kind of their own style. And it lasted from, I think, like 66 to like 75 or something like that, that whole era of, of kraut rock. And it all came from Western Germany. And Cannes were like the, the ones who headed that whole movement or that whole genre, which is pretty cool. I was I was good. I I I like this. It was long. It uh I don't know, it was it was great. Like it was solid. It was cool. Yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. I I mean I like their the second record that Damo did better, but this one is this one's fantastic too. I, I have no complaints. So um I'm gonna play uh fuck, where's my phone? Yeah, I'm gonna play the song off of it called Mushroom. So here it is from Ken.
of the song mushroom from can this is one of the more laid-back songs on the record they they tend to do a lot of jams and like ambient kind of stuff at times and so yeah this is very much more subdued than, than what they they normally do especially on uh Bem yasi but this record's still great and i had a great time listening to it on vinyl it's it's hefty it's beefy too it's a double record feel the records are super heavy and ah, it's great how many songs is it, is it like fucking 10 songs I think probably eight eight songs i think it's four sides nice. i mean obviously it's four sides because the two records but i think it's like eight songs but yeah it's it's a killer record killer fucking record yeah I, would, I, I would totally pick up probably any at this point like any can that i saw in the wild i would probably just pick up i mean honestly i think i mean i would just recommend only getting the the damo suzuki suzuki era because i i don't know i the stuff after he left was very ambient and it was still cool, but it just didn't, it wasn't as exciting. And then their first record with their first singer was, um, was more pop based and more like more traditional song structures, but it wasn't bad, but I would definitely recommend the, the three Damo era. So it's Tago Mago, Age Bam Yasi. And then the last record he did was future days. And then he left the band. So hmm. yeah, that was okay. really good. Yeah, I mean, and then you like the thing you did with Omar. I mean, that's that's how I got into him, where I found out about Can was because of Omar, because I mean, Damo did that that song with Omar. So that's arguably the best thing Omar's ever done outside of the Mars Volta at the Drive-In. No, that's wrong. What, what's so cool about that performance with Damo was that it was all improvised. Like all of Damo's parts were improvised in that that song, which is so fucking rad. Ah, and it's like a uh, fucking thirty-minute song, thirty-minute jam. You can tell it's improvised. You, I mean, but you you definitely know it's that. It's so cool. You can tell, but that doesn't detract from the, the success of it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. good. Super cool, man. So that's what I got. Um, that's all I got for vinyls. That's my song of the week. Let's move on to some new music and other happenings in the music world. The first thing here is Weezer put out their new record called OK Human. This is the one that was loosely based off of or inspired by Okay, computer from Radiohead. I listened to it twice. You've listened to it a hundred times. <laughs> no, I just listened to it once. Oh, okay, got it. You like it, right? Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's definitely better than Black Pacific Daydream and White. It's definitely. It's better. probably better than almost half of their discography. It might be close. It might be close. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. PG. Don't really have any complaints on it. No, I I, th- I think it's fine. I think there are some really really strong harms. I think they're, I think they know that they'll never ever get back to the Pinkerton sound, and I think they don't want to even. And I th- at this I th- point, yeah, I think this is as Pinkerton as we're ever going to get from Weezer, unless Rivers releases more or does more like solo stuff. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is the most kind of like raw sound we're ever going to get from Re- Weezer at this point. But it's not even like that raw of a sound. No, just because we've been we've been hit with with Pacific Daydream and Black and Teal at that, 
this is now <laughs> this is now the most raw Weezer we've heard in many yeah. many years. That's very true. So yeah, that came out. Uh, get into it. Um, I'll probably eventually get on vinyl if it's super cheap. So, but I don't even have Pinkerton yet. So that's crazy in itself. Um, well, you, you, you're shopping around for a right, co- a, a right, a, yeah, a right copy. A right copy. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to go cheap like I did with Blue. Yeah. I want something fine. I want at least a 180 gram higher quality. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still looking. Yeah. I have my fingers out there. So. Uh, Taylor Swift put out what is this is the EP right? Yeah, I think this is just for, like a I don't know leftover songs. Yeah, from folklore, if I'm not mistaken. Or yeah, was that the I, one before? I forgot to listen to this stuff though. So yeah, I think this is the EP is is leftovers from folklore, but people are apparently love it. I don't, I don't know. It right, might be it's good. Just, it's just this like snowball effect now, right? Like like a snowball rolling down a hill and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you stand in the way, you are now part of the snowball. That is like the snowball of Taylor Swift. She can like do no wrong now at this point. She's just too yeah. big. And it's and she's done some really phenomenal stuff in the past, like really phenomenal stuff, but she's not no mm-hmm. fucking snowball rolling down a hill. No, it's true. She she has more I think she has more okay to duds than she does bangers yes that's the truth yes the absolute truth but i do like some of her songs she does have some great stuff but i don't know about this ep yet have not listened to it that is also true i've not heard it either so i can't say that (laughs) yeah um so some new songs this one came out a few weeks ago but it's a band i just recently discovered and i now i totally forgot how i discovered them but they're called the best of the worst and the the song is called counterfeit smiles they think they've been around for quite a while, but they're this like cool ska punk band. And damn, dude, this song is rad, right? It's weird because like they present themselves almost like as a ska band, but then they lean so heavily into like the punk sound that mm. you forget completely that they were even doing like a ska thing in the intro, but then they'll come back to it sometimes. And I, I don't know. Yeah. They, they they do they overdo all of the the genres that they're incorporating into their music, but it still like, works. That's what you reason. want. Yeah, it, it, there are moments too where it sounds a little bit disjoint disjointed. Like like these parts shouldn't have come in at this part, but you're just okay with it. Like there's enough energy and enough excitement happening to where you just it's okay. It's good. It's still really good. So, uh, so yeah, here's the here's the song "Counterfeit Smiles" by uh, the best of the worst.
All right, there you go. There's the best of the worst. And the song, Counterfeit Smiles. It's so sick, man. It's Dude, they're good. so good. It's, it's they're like, really good. Again, this is this is much like my uh my freestyle jazz poetry. This is what this is what I want, dude. This is exactly what I want in my in my ska punk music. Like this is yeah. This, this is, is so sick. I, I don't know. I, I I think this is really cool. This is awesome. Yeah, and I just remembered how I discovered it because when it, when I go look for new music for the week, one of the places I look is on Spotify, and it it gives me like a, a playlist of new music that was released this week, and like a good half of them are. Or like a good chunk of them are bands I've never heard of, and this was one of those. And I usually listen to all the the stuff I've never heard of, and this one just like totally stood out to me and just like blew me away. It's so so cool. So it looks like they've put their first record out in two thousand eight, and then they this is, they have four records, and then this is a new song off their upcoming fifth record, I guess. So good stuff, man. Yeah, this Great is definitely stuff. a band that we will keep track of at this point. Yeah, definitely. this is like our I, new turnstile, right? This is. They might be. And what I thought was so cool about this song was like there was like that that hardcore breakdown. And normally uh, during parts of the breakdown, like there's like a lead guitar player that plays. But instead of that lead guitar, it's the saxophone player playing. Yeah. Which is just so fucking, it just sounded so cool. I loved it. And I don't know if it's so. the same guy that sings, but there's there's this almost like Anthony Green vocalist and then a more aggressive, more traditional punk vocalist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, the The clean vocalist reminds me very much of like our high of our high school. Yeah, like bands from our high school. That's what it reminded me of. Like not that great, but it still like fits the music well enough, so it's okay. I thought it was super rad. That was good, solid. Yeah. Oh man. So uh, the next one here, it, this is a good song. I'm not going to play it, but actually, Rob Zombie put out two new songs this week. The first one is called "The Eternal Struggles of the Howling Moon." This song was really good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's good Rob Zombie music. If you've heard good Rob Zombie, you've heard this song. I mean, yeah, it's, it's honestly, dude, it's fucking. This was a banger of a song. This was straight rock and roll. This was so fun. Yeah, it was great. So, uh, so that one's really good. Next the other one, one was tri- the Triumph of of King Freak. This one was okay, but yeah. it was more like it was slower and just not as exciting. But it was still it was good. it was it was. Yeah. Good. Uh, the next one here is from Your Boys in A Day to Remember. They put out a new song called Everything We Need. They pretty much put out like half of this new record already. But uh, but yeah, this this song, I, I wasn't into it all. I know you didn't listen to it because you're waiting to get the record. Yeah, I already pre-ordered it. You already pre-ordered it. So I'll just now say I like, didn't like you know, it. You're like shitting but... all over it, being like, you should probably cancel. You're pretty, now I'm fucking worried, so I'm probably going to listen to it tonight. <laughs> Even though I've been trying to hold out. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Just you do you. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> Which means nothing. <laughs> means uh, nothing. It's another one of those stupid sayings I mean nothing. <sighs> so yeah, Data Remember put out everything we need. Uh the next one we have here is from Papa Roach. They um they remixed their song Last Resort with uh with a guy named Jarris Johnson. I don't know who he is and I didn't really care to look it up. Um I just wanted to play this because it just—it's so bad. I—it's I, just—I hate it. I hate it so much. It's—it's <laughs> it's just unbelievably bad. But it's you, a horrible you were, remix. You were laughing though when when you listened to this. You're like, this can't be fucking serious. Yeah, I thought it you wasn't real. And then be serious. Not only did they remix it, but they made a video, a new video with the <laughs> band playing. Know. And obviously, it's all electronic. It's all electronic based, so there's no real instruments. But they're still playing the instruments. Like, it's just so dumb and. 
and they just look everyone looks dumb in this video and the song look and this remix is horrible like yeah, we, we know what they look like when this video first came out when we were in high school like we yeah. know what that what they look like then now they just look like a bunch of fucking old guys playing the same song in the same video i know it's it's so stupid so here's the uh here's this remix with this guy named jerris johnson here we go cut my life into pieces this is my last resort suffocation There, there it is. There's the um, this uh, this remix of of uh, this this thing. Yeah, this is so awful. I, I think like metalcore is is there are some sometimes where I, I like it, but metalcore like kind of at, at its core, I just dislike. Yeah, and this not very good because most of it's not very good. Yeah, but this is like bad bad metalcore, <laughs> like. It, it, it's almost like they're presenting themselves as a new metalcore band, but they're not a new band at all. And it's not a new song at all. But then they don't even incorporate some of like the cool parts that even kind of make metalcore semi-enjoyable, like the really fast chugging, the breakdowns, the, the, the fast double bass hits. There's nothing about this song that is redeeming. No, zero. What? Zero. It, it's just... When it, so I, I I watched the video right now while I was playing in it <laughs> playing it and it um it made me think like just looking at him this guy in the video he looks like a a very young and very like anorexic looking Chad Kroger from Nickelback oh. and he even and then when you think about it, he kind of sounds like Chad Kroger like he his vocals are very similar so so that's what I was thinking and I just googled his name on uh, on on the Googles. And I, I'm on his Instagram and he posted like, a, I guess a couple of weeks ago, a picture of Chad Kroger, like as a joke. Cause I guess I'm not the only one who thinks that. And if you look at uh, the other Google searches, like on the sidebar, it says other people search for Chad Kroger wow. while also searching for Jairus, this Jairus guy and the oh, God damn. And then uh, it's just annoying. And then this, this place, this website called the hype magazine.com. They said, getting to know TikTok sensation Jarris Johnson, formal, former metalhead turned pop scientist, Jarris Johnson uses his diverse palette to bring a unique edge to pop rock to the pop rock world. What? Ugh. Everything about that is just sounds disgusting. Oh, God, I hate this. This is just just 
shit. Because I, I, I looked him up thinking like maybe he's like Feldy related, but I, I haven't seen anything yet that connects him to Feldy. But you know, it's funny because yeah, awful because like because like Chad on the surface you don't think Chad is a bad voice. You think like even the, you, you think like Nickelback's that band sucks. Like yeah, there's not very good. We dove into them and there's not good. But yeah, Chad, exactly. you think like you know Chad doesn't have a bad voice. Like he's a good singer. But then you start to listen to him more. Even if you get some isolated vocals on him, you realize that if you take away that minimal rasp, he is he is he's like any decent karaoke bar singer ever. He's so fucking <laughs> vanilla. He has no range. He has no defining characteristic. His lyrics suck. His delivery sucks. There's no yeah. emotion behind him. He's just he's no different than going to Tomcats and hearing somebody sing tiny dancer. That's, that's pretty good, but like, (laughs) but you're drunk. So I don't know. Are they really that good? (laughs) Awful. This is, this, this was so bad. This is one of the worst like songs I've heard in a long time. Yeah. This was so awful. And it was so disappointing because dude, who didn't like last resort. Right. And just so it's just so unnecessary too. like, there's no, didn't they just do it? Didn't they just like release it too? They just re-recorded, it? yeah. They re-recorded the song twenty years later, and it just it didn't have the same like punch and oomph to it. And then they released this shit remix, like. So you re? So they re-remixed it. <laughs> yeah, technically, yeah. Dude, how lame are <laughs> you? Oh, seriously, how fucking I, lame. I just don't get it. I don't get it at so all. So pathetic. And like nobody wants. Like nobody. Ca- I don't feel like anybody cares. You know. Like this is not going to bring them. I don't feel like this is going to bring them a bigger audience. I don't know. Maybe I'm no, crazy. I, I could be crazy. No, I mean, to be honest, I I actually sent this to Renee, and she liked it. <laughs> oh my god! I know. I got so mad. Oh god! So I'm fucking you. So you you can no longer talk to me about music. You're you're bad. You're as bad. You're as bad as Sloan. You're a fucking joke. You have lost <laughs> all credibility. I I can I'm in my mind. I can imagine her how she said how she liked it too. She's like. Renee has this way of, of of speaking about things that she likes, and she's very matter of fact about it. Yeah, it's, it's like I don't know. I like this, therefore it is good. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh god, that song is awful though. It's shit. But did you laugh when you first heard it though? I, I didn't laugh. I was just kind of like, why? Just why does it even exist? And I then was, it, it became dying. comical, and was, then it became comical. <laughs> it's so it's stupid it's good stuff uh so let's move away from that some good music uh Haley williams my girl Haley. she um she put out a new song or she a new song leaked called my limb and uh i don't know i don't know really any backstory on this but it sounds like another song but i i can't put my finger on it and jeff couldn't find it because it eventually got deleted but uh but yeah it, it's good i like Haley williams i like her solo stuff it's better than paramore but um, oh, that's not true. It's kind of well, cool how she how she releases. So she she physically drove to like one of her fans' houses oh. and dropped off a burned CD of this demo and gave it to her and was oh, like, "Hey, so like I, I know you're a fan. This is my new single. Check it out. Put it on the internet. I don't care." And then like went home. That's so sick. Can you imagine like you're one of your favorite artists does that shows <laughs> up to your house? Like what would you fucking JD showed up to your house or like fucking. A head or something, or Omar showed up to your house and awkwardly handed you a disc and then left. I don't, I, I don't even know. Like it's just so unimaginable. Like, <laughs> it's, it's no, so, you you 
like you don't even know what you would do. There's no proper way to react. It's just like, uh, thanks. And then you go inside and then kick yourself for being an idiot. Right. Like I, I, like after I was, if I was given something like this from somebody I like a lot, I walk back in and just stand there. I would just stand there and just try to process everything as quickly as I could. And then instantly think, what could I have said? Because I'd probably not say anything or anything (laughs) worth, worth anything. So it just, it'd be a disaster. It's it's just such a cool thing, and, and especially now because the social distancing that's going on for Haley Williams to kind of go out of her way. And she posted on her Instagram, and like it was at night too. It looked like, and so she just showed up to this chick's house and was like, "Hey, here's here's a burn record. Check it out. Here's my new song. Here's my new song. <laughs> Bye." <laughs> it's so weird. It's so cool though. Uh, I see. I like her more and more as as time goes on. I just I think she's cooler and cooler. She's so. very cool, dude. She's awesome. She she's a fucking rad punker, dude. She's awesome. And I mean, I've talked about it on the pod before, but her like main guitar that she uses is Omar's signature guitar. Mm. Is that white Ibanez? Like that is like if you look at any of her Instagram videos and pictures, she's always playing that white Ibanez signature Omar guitar. It's well, so weird. To be fair, like the, her 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 paramour days the faro or the pharaoh brothers were the ones that that really propelled that band to start them the drummer and the other guitarist yeah but you know i'm sure but she's a pretty still, decent I, I, she's she's so cool acoustic guitarist she just seems like a, a really cool down-to-earth person every video i've seen of her like in interviews she just seems so humble and just so nice such a nice person yeah chad gilbert fucked that one up yeah how did he fuck that one up I don't know. They were married. Oh, the that's right. Were they? Wait, was he married to her? I thought he was married to um, the girl from uh, what is that other band? He was married. But he was really married to Haley Williams. Yeah, he's married for like a year. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but he's also married to the girl Fuck from from Isley. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Isley. Yeah, I don't, Isley. I don't know her name, but yeah, I don't remember her name either. Isley's a good band too. Forgotten band, but they're really good too. I never really got um, into them. So yeah, there you go. What? I never really got into them, so I don't know. They were good. Uh, every time I die, put out a new song today called A Wall. Um, it's cool. It's cool every time I die. I almost said that to drive in, but yeah, it's, it's what you expect. Nothing more, nothing less. Very. This good. was this was a little bit better than what I expected. Though I expected just normal every time I die, but this was a little bit better. I like this. I, I kind of dug this a lot. I don't know if it's just because leading after the the papa roach thing but <laughs> probably this this was solid dude. this is really good <laughs> it is I, I i think every time i die are one of those really consistent bands you know consistently good bands they've put out very few stinkers or very very few okay songs so good on them i'm yeah, excited for the new I record agree. whenever it comes out so got that um so a couple of people in the music biz have passed away this week. Uh, Double K from Boys of People Underneath the Stairs, right? Yeah, People Under the Stairs, Double K, Michael people Turner. Under the stairs. Yeah, he uh, he passed away like, how old? He wasn't even that old, 46? He was like 40, 43. 43 or something? Yeah, that's super young. But it, it didn't say how he died. But Yeah, not yet. Crazy, because you just like started to get into them and got their vinyl. Was the vinyl that you or the you tagged somebody in the group was it this guy that you tagged in the group? And no, it was uh, Thez one or the other guy. I mean, there's only two oh, dudes, okay. but yeah. um, I, I recently re got into them because of the vinyl, 
and I paid a lot of money for the vinyl, which I'm super happy with. I listened to it today, actually. And uh, I think this group is phenomenal. I think they're so awesome. And they're, mm-hmm. they're just, they're not like, they know they're not good MCs. They know they're not good rappers. They know they're not like Nas or fucking Jay-Z or anybody big, but they spend so much time on production quality and just good lyricism. And that's, that's where their strong suits are. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. Just anybody that enjoys really, anybody that gets deep into rap music or hip hop, they will say that they know of and they like people under the stairs. Okay. Yeah, I thought they were good. I just, I wouldn't spend as much money as you did on the record because they're not. I would have spent fifty know. on that fucking record, but I didn't. Again, that was early on in our collecting, and I didn't realize that when the place I bought it from, Vinyl Me Please, when they mm-hmm. put out a record it's more than likely going to get repressed by other things because I guess the rights to it that Vinyl Me Please got are also the same rights that other pressings will get and they'll just release the same thing. But the only thing I have, I guess, is just like my variant is colored. So that's cool. I I spent like $38 on it. But That's a lot for you. I just didn't because I didn't know. But now I know that when Vinyl Me Please gets a record, like they just put out Killer Mike's record, I think his first record, they just put Mm -hmm. it out. So whenever you see Vinyl Me Please put out a record, you can pretty much like expect someone else to repress it as well for 30, 40% cheaper. Okay. But I'm happy That's with mine. Weird. It sounds fantastic. Double LP 180s looks fucking cool. What variant is it? What color is it? It's like this weird turquoise splatter, but it matches the cover splatter. just absolutely perfectly. I love that. I love colored variants. I do this the, that album OST is the one we're talking about, like the third album. It's just it's such a fucking banger, man. It is so damn good. Yeah, it's good. I, I listened to the few songs on it. Good, good uh, underground hip hop for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so another one, another person who died was uh, Hilton Valentine, the guitarist from the Animals, original guitarist, I think. I think he was seventy-seven. Uh, he passed away, and uh, so yeah, another. Another yeah. hit to the music industry, but also the animals haven't done anything in but, decades. But this dude did that guitar part for House of the Rising Sun. And yeah. I mean, dude, arguably that's also in like the top echelon of recognizable guitar parts in rock history. It's true. No, it's like, very true. Like that is so like Everybody fucking knows it. And it's such a simple, he's just going through chords and scaling the chords. That's all he's doing. And it's it's so cool and it's so eerie and that, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, dude, that cover is, is absolutely phenomenal. I agree. I totally agree. He's gone. He's passed away. So yeah. Um, what else do we got here? Kanye West, I guess getting away from the death, moving on to Kanye West and lawsuits. He's being (laughs) sued by his choir by like 200 people or something a like that. A thousand people. Or is that a thousand people? Fucking <laughs> yeah. so stupid. So they're they're going to file a class action lawsuit because oh, yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. like this whole Sunday choir service thing that he'd been doing, like this yeah. whole Sunday service that, that I've been like raving about because it's, I think it's so fantastic and phenomenal. Well, apparently he's been breaking California labor laws. He's been underpaying people. He has not been like ensuring that people are clocking out for breaks. And California is a <laughs> stickler for breaks yeah. and clocking out and break times. I mean, every restaurant I've ever worked at, actually every job I've ever worked at, I have thus gotten a 
class action lawsuits from that place. I'm still getting them, <laughs> even though I live I live in Arizona now, and I have not been worked for a restaurant in, in four or five years. I'm still getting letters <laughs> saying, hey, we're going to send you a check for 70 bucks because <laughs> California laws are so crazy. But then if you don't follow those laws to the T, then you get sued like crazy. But Kanye West... Is, is getting sued for $30 million from about a thousand people from the Sunday service, alleging that he did not allow for proper breaks, um, overtime, things like that. And so, yeah, probably rightfully so. I, I feel like he probably worked these people fucking way hard. And because. You think so, though, for like so little of a performance when most of these people will, you know, sing in a church choir for free? But I, I think that's the point. I think Kanye West probably presented to them like he's doing this because of his love for God, because of his wanting to spread like the gospel. And they, they, they kind of bought into it and they said, well, yeah, we do work for free for the church. So let's just, you know, let's, let's work for Kanye and Kanye paid him fucking pennies on the dollar. And then all of a sudden Kanye made a hundred million dollars and they're like, what the fuck? Why is my check only $240? And I I mean, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, what religion you are or whatever that shit's wrong true true but that I, is I mean, so fucking wrong and especially because the highlight of this entire endeavor was the choir part of it otherwise we would just have kanye doing more kanye the cool part of this of this thing that he was doing with the choir was hearing the okay choir record. back him up well, it was not it was a fucking phenomenal record but it was hearing the choir back up his raps like that was the highlight of it. That's what people wanted to fucking hear. That's that's what made it it. And to not pay him is just really, really, really fucked up. Yeah. I mean it says that a lot of them were underpaid. Most of them or a lot were underpaid, not I don't think anybody was unpaid. Because I, I don't know. But again, like Kanye West can can pay him whatever the fuck he wants because he has enough money to hire really good lawyers to say, How little can I pay these fools? But I think also like it was only it was only this is only based off of like the Coachella performance and one other performance. It wasn't it wasn't like it was an entire tour or anything like that. But he's using I think I read he so like that that thing that came out the EP Emmanuel that we that we talked about. Yeah, um, that I think was the same people that were doing this because I mean it was like a rotating thing of like a hundred people or whatever it was. Yeah, or I guess a thousand people, but uh, yeah, dude, he's using their their likeness and he's using their their voice and just like any other artist out there right now. I mean, you look on Wikipedia and you go to any any person and you're gonna see who mixed it, who mixed the mixer, who mixed the mix the mixer. Like everybody, there's fucking yeah. forty five people per album, and they all want to get paid because they all did work. Like true, this, true. it's in the 70s anymore. You put in work, you're going to get paid, especially when these artists are making millions and you're getting fucking $200 checks. Yeah. Fuck true. that. Very true. I felt he would say, fuck that. Fuck <laughs> that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Feldy was cool. So I, I, so I love and I hate class action lawsuits. I love them because it really sticks it to like the corporations, but I also hate them because like, Dude, like half of it goes to the lawyers that are presenting True. this class action lawsuit. So fuck them. But I also do like class action lawsuits because, dude, you can't take advantage of people like that. Fuck them mm-hmm. all. So there you go. Kanye always in the news, right? 
Always in the news for something. Uh, the last thing we have here, it's not really music related, but uh, GameStop. This whole stock thing with, with GameStop and the Robinhood app and sticking it to these hedge funds and all these billionaires. It's pretty great. but It's only, it's only going to be great the longer they hold out, the longer people hold yeah. out. Cause, I mean, for people that don't, I don't fully understand how you can borrow stocks, but for people that don't fully understand like hedge funds or, or what is going on with GameStop or for our listeners that are not in America, um, here is kind of like a breakdown of what I think is happening. So mm-hmm. GameStop right now is selling for, let's say, 50 bucks. One stock, you go to a broker, you borrow a stock, now that stock is worth 50 because you expect, because you have some type of insider information or whatever, I don't know, mm-hmm. and yeah. the stock drops to 10. So now you you sell, no, I'm, I'm fucking backwards No, here. you're doing it backwards, yeah. I'm doing it backwards here. You <laughs> you have that stock at 50 and then the stock drops to 10, so you, then you buy, now I'm even more backwards. You, you buy, you... You buy when it, you're you're essentially you know when the stock is going to drop low. So you buy you borrow from a broker and you buy a bunch of stock, say for ten dollars from GameStop. So you buy a bunch of it and then as it goes up, you you sell it back. So so then as it goes back up, it'll sell for seventy, and then you're able to sell it for seventy. So that you get that twenty dollar profit per stock, and then you pay back your broker. So what was happening on Reddit, apparently they were saying like these are this is the hedge fund that's that's doing these with certain companies so just go buy all the stocks so then they're having to repay the the their their borrow the person they're borrowing from the brokers like tenfold that's essentially what's happening but the stock wouldn't go up unless people were buying it yeah exactly but that doesn't make me now i'm fucking confused even itself because if you're borrowing a stock at well, you're bar- you're you're borrowing. You're essentially, I think, borrowing the money from from somebody else to pay back tenfold. Like you, you know that eventually the stock's going to go up. So then you're 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 buying low and then you're reselling it high because you you know that it's going to you know it's going to go up. But I, you, I, no, it is confusing but, to me. But too. the point is, you buy it when it's not like high, but you buy it because you know it's going to go low. Yeah. But you no, don't it buy it, you opposite. borrow because you're not borrowing. No, no, you, you don't buy low. That's just regular stuff. That's just regular trading. You're you're borrowing you, because they're not borrowing. They're not buying any stocks. These hedge funds, they're borrowing stocks from brokers, and so they're not putting really any money up. They're just borrowing stocks, but then they're going to pay the broker like a fee, like a five percent, ten percent fee, or whatever they oh, make, okay, whatever it right. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like the point of this whole thing was, people are buying the stocks to drive the price up. So now if they sold the stocks or gave back the stocks to the broker, now they're making $0 and then they're paying the broker a fee. So driving the price up means that now they can't get rid of their stocks cheap and then pay the broker. So they have to wait. And so what, what like, is what, like, I guess like the coolest thing is going on right now is people are not cashing in on, on, on the greed because GameStop has gone up so much, everybody can just cash in and, and make a bunch of money, and then that yeah. stock price will eventually go down to where the bro or the hedge funds initially thought it would be going down to, and then they're going to make money anyway. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty much a waiting game to who can hold out longer: the greedy public or the greedy hedge funds. And the hedge funds guys, I, I don't even think they're regulated by the SEC. They're like an entirely different entity in itself that is just 
rich people borrowing rich people's money, investing it in other rich people to make a bunch yeah. of money. Like they're I think not even, right. they're not regulated the same way as the SEC regulates everybody else who is buying stocks. And so then Robinhood, these other apps got involved because obviously like whoever owned Robinhood probably doesn't want to piss off these guys who have billions of dollars. And so they blocked all these sales. People yeah. couldn't, people couldn't like sell. That was a big controversy. Yep. That was the huge controversy. And they're, they're essentially, you know, they're, it seems like they're, they're being paid off by the big hedge funds and the billionaires. And then also like the, all the, the stuff on Reddit that was happening was all shut down by the website. Reddit shut all of those those threads down. The Wall Street thread, the the stock thread, anything that, that has to do with stock, the stock market or things pertaining to that were all shut down. So you couldn't even post them anymore. So they essentially kind of like bought out Reddit and uh, you know censored what was happening on the website. So it's pretty shocking. And then it's funny, like you see these interview these interviews with these billionaires, and they're like on the verge of tears because of what because of what's going on. And they're like, "Why are people attacking us? You know, what did we do?" And it's like, "Dude, you're exploiting everybody else. That's what you've made all your money on is by exploiting people, like, like the did, biggest like, dude, and exploiting the-, the game. And it's like, and people are just fighting back, and they're they're playing the game with these people. And it's just like, like, what do you expect? Like, we're essentially beating them at their own game." But what's what happening, or, or what, I don't know, man. First of all, we're investing in a company that sucks anyway. GameStop sucks. GameStop yeah, is true. garbage. And so here we are. Here's Reddit fighting for a company that up until this week, everyone is fucking shit all over because they're a shitty company. They are terrible and they deserve to go under because they are awful. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, dude, yeah. time will tell. Time will tell if these people are going to hold the line or if they're going to sell their stocks and make cash in on a bunch of money. Because if they do cash in and then that stock price goes down, then the hedge funds are still going to make a bunch of money. And then all of this true. will just, just delay the inevitable. Mm, yeah, it's very true. So we'll see how greedy America is. <sighs> well, I mean, we're very greedy. Yeah, so. we'll see what happens. It, Fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's I, not going to... I spent like... It's not all, really going to go there. Not all day, but I spent like a good portion of today like trying to figure out how these hedge funds work and how this type of borrow trading or borrowings of stock works. I totally forgot all of it. It's, it's very confusing. Like I've, I've tried not only this week, but even in the past. And I, I find the whole stock market so confusing. Well, I really it's overly, do. I, I, it's overly complicated for a reason, right? I mean, it's overly complicated yeah. to keep people that are not rich, to keep people that don't have money, to keep people that quote unquote don't belong there out. And it's True, essentially, yeah. it's essentially gambling and you're gambling with not just now money, but you're gambling with like people's lives, yeah. people's livelihoods, and and things like that, and it's all legal. Yeah, that's very true. Very, very true. Fuck, man, I haven't taken part in it because I I missed it. I missed everything that was happening. But do we have anything else to talk about? You want to talk about this more? Or what do you want to do? No, that's it. I'm I'm good. You're all good. Okay. Well, stay tuned for the main episode and also the album rankings for Kendrick Lamar because that's what we do. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Um, you know, just go do all that stuff. Talk to us, because we're the best. And stay tuned for the main episode, because, like I said, we're getting into Kendrick Lamar and his album, To Pimp a Butterfly. So check it out. And that's it. That's all. Here we go.
להם.